0: You are listening to a piece of the Salasin.10 Podcast Area. You are listening to a piece of the Salasin.10 Podcast Area. Good morning, very good, morning. good morning, Sam. Good morning, Sam. <laughs> okay. It's like a Saturday morning, and uh, developers usually they wake up <coughs> late on Saturday. <laughs> Saturday. No, running so cron jobs. Five days. They wake up late on Saturday and then they continue to work hard on Saturday. Okay. All right, that's the developer, live program and do things all the time. So, before we just get started, uh, Microsoft people, we have Chester and. Uh, here. So they, we're just going to give a, a opening, uh, my, Microsoft openness and uh, Azure demo. Yep. So yes. we will continue our session right
1: after this. Okay. <laughs> so, welcome guys. My name is Tom, and that's Chester. We are from Microsoft Malaysia, the developer experience team. And um, today, um, welcome everybody to uh, our WordPress Meetup in our Office Level 26 so um, before i start if you guys wanted to go to the washroom for guys and girls uh, just go to the main door and the guys will be nearer the girls will be just here so we will need to make a U U-shaped shape turn so we're supposed to go out from this door but it's locked today so but anyway if you guys on any exit don't just go try to open the door because we will probably get a call in like 10 minutes they'll treat this as a security breach so we'll get a call from us but anyway okay let's just uh, get things started so um welcome guys um let's just go okay so um i'll share a bit on microsoft openness and uh, what are the things that we do for the uh, open source community if you guys see on the slide over here you might recognize some uh, products that you might use from a uh, day-to-day basis um, yes we have a lot more than this one but the uh, main ones are mostly here so we do support uh linux uh, CD, even the recent windows 10 we built shell right into windows itself so if you guys are using open source tool feel free to just hop on to the microsoft platform um, we have our free development tool as well that if you are interested to develop apps in ios android and windows you can use our tool to develop for three. so that's some of those stuff that is quite uh, exciting and upcoming recently um, so yeah, if you guys are um, interested to know what's happening um, in the open source space and the support that Microsoft have given um, worldwide, not just in Malaysia, uh, feel free to visit this uh, URL over here, openness.microsoft.com. You'll have a lot of success stories, so maybe you you guys might find um, some success story. Um, for example, um, just um, recently I know that um, OpenStacks, have you guys heard of OpenStacks? Yep. so they are building it on our cloud platform. Mm-hmm. So those guys... Um, They have their stuff, but they build a template over in Azure and they do sell their products on our cloud platform. So that can be some of those uh, business opportunities as well. So this kind of case study, you can find a lot more on the URL uh, that is mentioned here. So next, I'll just uh, pass to Chester for a quick uh, demo on how fast can you uh, do WordPress on the Microsoft cloud?
2: All right, okay. Thanks, Tom. All right, so hi guys, good morning. So, uh, I'm Chester, and I'll be doing a demo on uh, starting up a WordPress
3: in our Azure. All right. Azure. Okay. Right. Wow, well, yeah, it all... all
2: right. Okay, so this is our Azure portal. So, if you want to start your own WordPress site, if you are a beginner or even developer, this will all be the same. So, we have a lot of things here, but today we'll just focus on WordPress. Just search for WordPress, and then uh, there will be quite a number of uh, selections for you. So, for the developers, you can look more on this. But today, we have also, if you want to manage it as a virtual machine, you can do that. But today, focus is on the WordPress simple template itself. So, you just click on WordPress, there's only one button for you to click, which is create, and then it will bring you. So uh, you can decide the name of your site, the URL. and then today I'll just say uh, welcome uh, WordPress community. Az website. From there. So all right, so it's a unique one. Mm. Uh, choose the subscriptions and uh, you can package it into a resource group. So the resource group is uh, something that you can manage like where is the location of your server. What is the pricing and everything? Alright. So go for the services and then you can just select. Okay, I want it to be in Southeast Asia. If you have some of your business in other countries, South Central US, uh, we have a lot more for you to choose. Alright. So I'm just gonna show you one of the locations. This is like a happy meal menu that you can choose. There's a lot of I'll just use the one uh, which is closest to our uh, uh, location here today. And then for databases, <coughs> you can choose whichever you want as well. And um, I've already deployed some of it already. So just click on the things you have. And for pro developers, if you have advanced settings that you need, it's also within the same page as well. So just put in all your advanced settings that you need. The keys, uh, authentication keys, the key authentication keys all that. If you're happy with it, just press OK, and then press Create. So you just say submitting deployment, and then within a couple of minutes later, you have your WordPress site up and running. So I will, you can actually check the site later using uh, the URL that I entered earlier. while during your break or small transition, you can actually use your uh, phones to access it. So that is uh, the five minutes that should Yep. Yeah. all right okay so i created one version earlier so this is actually a wordpress hosted in uh, azure site so it's basically wordpress there's a uh, no advanced configuration needed just log in uh, like an admin configure like your template you can start publishing your own post and stuff like that all right okay so i'll pass it back to Tom. Yeah. Yes. So,
1: if you go back to check your think right, mm-hmm. it will be ready already. So, or go to your location. So, yeah. so, it already succeeded. So, you so can
2: actually visit the site now. Yeah. Uh, so, it's called. Hold on. <coughs> so, you can actually uh, type welcome. And oh, they have grown. Okay.
0: So much nicer than I used it before. Yeah, <laughs> I used it before, but the version one, this like version, I don't know what. <coughs> wow.
1: So yeah, our point is uh, there are basically a lot of templates over at our marketplace, not only just um, WordPress. you are uh, Just a few couple of minutes, you can basically create your own site. And uh, the good news about this one um, is there's a free deal over at uh, our Azure Marketplace. So you can basically deploy your website for free. Uh, But there are some certain limitations that tie you in, but it's still possible to do it. So if you have any more questions, you can always catch us around here here, here. during your break time or transition time. Just
2: talk to us. I guess we are friendly. Um, Yeah, (laughs) super friendly, don't worry. worry, worry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, with that... So Let me just go to the yep. next
1: one. So, besides uh, uh, WordPress, right, what you can do with uh, Join our Cloud platform, is not just only hosting the site. So, if you see um, the stuff over at the top part here, we offer a lot more other than just websites. You can do analytics, you can do advanced machine learning, even if you want to do your and stuff like that, all over the world. Remember, we have uh, around 30 regions with 22 data centers worldwide. So it is up to your option to choose what you want. And yeah, our cloud is like super scalable if uh, you are looking for high availability or if you are doing a marketing site on some website. And say for example, if you are working with an airline, decided that this coming Sunday, there will be an event. And uh, this feature will be super nice, nice to you because you can actually scale the website to make sure it doesn't come down.
4: So another, yeah? Do you have any uh, example WordPress sites on your blog hosting, on your Azure hosting um,
1: At the moment, the current production one, I do not have visibility on that. But I surely have my own. If i know not, in Scotland, the relation uh, today, they are if I'm not mistaken. And it's on Instagram. I'm not sure. If check. So, yeah, basically, that's that. Another uh, example is, have you guys heard about Pokemon Go? Yeah. Sure. So, before that, someone said that Malaysia will have Pokemon Go, right? So, that was a website created as a clickbait just for you to click in and view the advertisement. So, someone decided to go and create some sites and put the advertisement. So, if everybody go in all at once, then that guy will probably earn a lot of money. And that, that site probably wouldn't go down if he configured it to scale properly. Because at one point of time, I think everybody was keeping it to check when it's Malaysia launching.
5: Uh, anyway,
1: uh, that's the end of my uh, presentation now. I'll pass back to uh, Sam. All right. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thank you. So, uh, if you want to ask us any questions, just catch me and Yeah, yeah
0: right. Okay. Any Thanks. other questions? Uh, mm. How about security of work? on the uh, Wordpress part or on the Microsoft yes. Cloud part? Wordpress part. Uh, that, um, <coughs> I, think I think you <laughs> will address that. Yeah, we'll cover that shortly. All right. Okay. OK. OK. All right. Thank you
5: so much. Okay. Thank you, guys. have for a great day eight. Thank you.
0: Expensive, isn't mm-hmm. Yes, expensive is it? Yes, expensive. Yes, quite expensive. More no. expensive than, uh, more expensive expensive than uh, yeah, Blue Ocean, blue ocean. digital yeah. ocean. Yes, for sure. Oh yeah, another thing about um, if you wanted to connect to the internet, just connect to Microsoft Open. There's no password or
1: whatsoever. I I no problem. Uh, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> just make sure you don't go and visit those
2: malicious
5: sites.
2: Yeah. Probably we'll get an email. <laughs> oh, <I'll come> <laughs> up. Up. <laughs> <laughs> Expensive. Yes, What okay. is it for the free tier? The free tier or only gives you 900 ringgit. Okay.
0: And next time, it's just <laughs> <a> <laughs> one month only. Oh. Okay. It's not a forever free tier. First of all,
2: let me introduce myself. Uh, my name is Sam Suresh. Uh, I'm Malaysian. Okay, a lot of
0: people ask me, I'm Malaysian? <laughs> <laughs> right, and then I'm uh, a technology instructor. Usually, I teach people to how to program um, mobile apps, how to program applications, and uh, I contribute to WordPress, uh, Joomla CMS, Moodle learning management system, and some other open source project on my free time. And uh, I love diving. Any dive license divers here? High five! <laughs> High five! <laughs> Okay, so uh, today, uh, this event, WordPress Meetup, we're supposed to have, like, a, we target just 50 people. Uh, we know when we got about uh, RSVP, about 100, <coughs> 50 will turn up. And all of you are here, congratulations. This is, <coughs> when I give talk in Barcelona last month, uh, it's just about 20, 30 people, but the talks were very loud. <laughs> Alright, so uh, please encourage our speakers here uh, because they all just volunteering like uh, anyone else. This is a very uh, totally a free event organized by volunteers. All the speakers are volunteers. We are not getting paid for it. We are not getting paid for anything. All the uh, Printing it was done. This is the only thing I got from WordPress Foundation, which is the slides and the stickers. Alright. So there is no monetary funding for events like this. So what we decided, we decide presentations, and uh, we want to collect like uh, ten ringgit. So the cost is about fifteen ringgit. We want to collect ten ringgit because we have second meetup on uh, December this year, and that uh, that meetup going to be a big one. All right, this is the first meetup, so we don't want to really do it very formally. So it's a very informal event. So you can feel free to ask a lot of questions, network with other people, and uh, get to know more about WordPress. There are some experts here, David, of uh, uh, other speakers, Nicole, Nicholas, and uh, we have uh, Lorta and other people. Okay, so let me start with the WordPress story. A little introduction about WordPress and uh, uh, what is WordPress all about. How many of you first time WordPress users here? Wow, that's a lot. How many of you are using WordPress as a blog? WordPress.com as a blog. So you assume WordPress is a blog, right? No, you know it's WordPress, right? How many of you are using WordPress as a website? content management system or application platform. Great. <laughs> a lot. How many of you are here to figure out what is this event about? <laughs> <laughs> That's one. <laughs> okay, so uh, the WordPress uh, is a platform which is founded by Bill Gates?
5: No, <coughs> MTT.
0: Oh, Matt. Oh, Microsoft guy's here. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Mullenweg, right? Matt Mullenweg is the guy who founded WordPress, but actually, it's not. WordPress is a fork of <coughs> B2 Catalog. Yeah, B2 Catalog, which was created by a French guy called Michel uh, B23D or something. He created WordPress back in 2001. I have a snapshot for you, shortly. So uh, this is the guy, Matt Mullenworth, uh, the multi-millionaire behind WordPress. And uh, there's a co-founder, actually. Yeah. Mike Little, because his name is Little, only a little people know about him. Mike Little is co-founder of WordPress. So what happened was uh, when uh, Cafe Lock is very popular back in 2001, and in 2003, the founder of KFLOCK decided to start the development and Matt put up a comment that, hey, can I just take it and fork it uh, to release on my own uh, name called WordPress and Michael just said, hey, come on, I'm going to help you contribute this let's make it work, because these two guys are die-hard fan of KFLOCK, alright, so that's how uh, the evolution of uh, WordPress came into place and they started to uh, developed uh, in 2003, uh, version 0.6 beta, and then we got the version 0.7 and uh, some other versions. I have uh, some snapshots for you. And WordPress come in two flavors. right? Uh, the first one is WordPress.com. WordPress.com is a blogging platform, alright. So the second one is WordPress.org. So it's open source. Uh, or application that you can download, and you can build anything you want to build. So that's two different parts, WordPress.com and WordPress.org. And uh, WordPress.com is uh, more like a blogging platform. Of course, you can build a oh, basic yeah. website there. Uh, it's a hosted service. It's managed by Automatic. The company behind Aut- uh, WordPress.com is Automatic, which is owned by Matt Mullenweg. Uh, so they make money by selling premium teams, uh, premium services such as getting extra storage uh, or buy extra plugins. Uh, no access to source code mostly, uh, but I'm not sure if premium service, if they access to source code, no. Why? Because okay. it's hosted. Uh, if they give you access, probably you can hack these servers. So it's very limited in terms of uh, installing your <coughs> teams because there's a pool of Teams or selected plugins that you can pick and use it. Right? That's WordPress.com. And you need a WordPress.com account and you need to agree to terms and conditions, uh, privacy policy and all that. But WordPress.org is a CMS platform, content management system, and now it's evolving like an application app platform. So you can build apps mm-hmm. because it comes with a lot of APIs. Right? You can build a mobile app with a WordPress. Back-end. You can build a system with your WordPress backend. Uh, it's, uh, the, uh, the only uh, a con of uh, having WordPress.org application is you need a place to host it. And the hosting is very cheap, right? I think yeah. a shared hosting cost about 100. 100 ringgit per year. Right? Or less than that. Yeah. Less than that. So uh, with the self-hosted WordPress, you have full access to your source code. And uh, unlimited plugin and themes. You can install anything you want. But don't install everything that you can find in plugin All right? uh... I'm sure there's one session, um, your session, right? Speed up. So I'm going to talk about how to pick the right plugins later. So you don't So your site is not connected to any other company at the back end. It's your own site. You can have it on your machine on your server, on your cloud, on your hosting, anywhere, uh, Where else? Uh, wordpress.com is a uh, hosted service that uh, people behind it manage it, you need to manage your own site, .com is managed for you, it's free for some uh, 3.8 GB or something. So this is WordPress timeline, uh, 2001, B2 catalog launched by M- Michael Belfrigy, is a French guy, 2003, Matt Mullenweg and Mike Little fork B2 and create WordPress. Uh, 2004, plugins are introduced with version 1.2. Uh, 2005, theme system and static pages are introduced. Uh, 2008, new administration, user interface, and shop post API <coughs> introduced. 2009, and then we have 2010 was a major release with custom post packs, which is uh, you can create your custom post pack, uh, custom views, you know. This is a CafeLog website. It's still there. You can go to CafeLog.com, you can look at the website. This is the original website of um, WordPress, which is uh, forked from this v2. And you can see Ben more comments is archived purposely to show that WordPress was forked from here. And um, then uh, there's another software called v2evolution, which is a fork of v2 as well. And it's actively developed till uh, today. Uh, it's another little CMS. Uh, so there's two branch of forks, uh, WordPress and Beat Revolution. But WordPress is much more successful because of a lot of things that you do today. Uh, in 2011, they introduced uh, a lot of uh, new things. Uh, you can see up to 2016, we have version 4.5. Uh, with responsive images, right? Browser can fetch. Uh, Responsive images based on the, uh, the uh, different sizes that is uh, offered to the browser. And this is the first version of WordPress, 0.71. And it's just a plain <laughs> blogging uh, site. And then uh, WordPress 1 in 2004, uh, slightly a different, <coughs> different interface with two lines on top. Uh, WordPress 1.5, 2005. Uh, You can see we got text now and there's options. Uh, WordPress 2.0, we have uh, some colors. And then, uh, yeah, uh, we got WordPress 2.5, there's the dashboard. We got settings, we got a lot of other uh, options such as manage design. We got WordPress 2.7, and up to now, we have almost similar dashboard. Uh, this is the latest WordPress four point five, as of now, as of now. So, which is um, more uh, like uh, complete flat uh, uh, design,
1: flat
0: design, and uh, you have more efficient interface to work uh, with your site. Okay, so that's a little story about uh, the evolution of WordPress. And the upcoming release leads uh, 4.5 released, uh, led by Mike and Dominic (coughs) 4.6. And the next version, Matt Mullenboth will lead version 4.7. So, you know, Matt is the founder of WordPress, and he's going to lead that version for 4.7. So, we can see a significant changes in 4.5. He's going to put up all his thoughts. That version. That's going to be released in uh, 4.6, will release next month, and 4.7 will release in uh, <coughs> December. It's supposed to be December, but I guess it will release somewhere in March next year. WordPress plugin directory crossed uh, 1.3 billion downloads. So it's uh, uh-huh. almost 45,000 plugins. We have 45,000 plugins now in WordPress. Plugin directory and cost $1.3 billion. So you can find almost uh, many features, or many different plugins, some good plugins, the many bad plugins there. you have to careful when you're choosing your plugins. And uh, some of the popular WordPress plugins are WooCommerce. WooCommerce is an e commerce plugin, right, for WordPress. Uh, I think WordPress is very popular. The one of the reasons why WordPress is very popular is because WooCommerce uh, it crossed over uh, 1 million downloads and uh, it's very comforting. How many of you are WooCommerce users? Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, not many. <laughs> All right, so you can sell anything you want and there's a lot of things that you can find like Teamforest.net, you can buy Teams, which is already configured with all the shops, you can just install it and you've got your site updated. Right. And now WordPress is coming with automatic security updates, right? So your site's more secure because uh, whenever you have security updates, it will have updates. You don't have to press manually uh, to update it. And the second most popular WordPress plugin is yeah. this one, how many of you are using this one? Standard install. This is, is like, you can't avoid using this. Yeah. yeah, you can't avoid using this. This is a fantastic okay. plugin, but you have to configure it properly. It's like a traffic light on all of your content pages. When it's green, you can see like a mark indicator there. When it's green, the SEO setting of that page is good. Probably you'll get best uh, ranking on Google. Uh, when people search the particular keyword when it's straight or yellow, you can find the text what you have to do for that page to improve the SEO ranking so you don't have to hire uh, such marketing or uh, SEM or SEO agency to do your search engine optimization you can do it on your own with the help of this but configure it properly to get maximum profit I'm just going to showcase three plugins here and none of this is uh, pay me anything to do this okay it's just the uh, most popular plugin for WordPress and this one mm. Wc total catch right we have to use this to speed up your website this is going to speed up your website It's going to catch and you have configured properly going to catch multiple levels multiple things you can do Hated catching so many different type of catching so that your website will launch First, 25% of websites running on WordPress. 25% of
2: websites. It's just a quarter. <laughs> it's just a quarter. Right. 25. That's
0: a single software for market share. 25. That's huge share, right? Where else, if we talk about Joomla CMS, maybe 1% or 2% or uh, I don't know, some other Drupal, maybe 0.5% market share, the, old, the worldwide share and WordPress powered uh, 25% websites in the world, 75% to go. Right. So um, it's, uh, it's a big achievement uh, for WordPress because it's Community-driven. WordPress is free. WordPress.com is not open source. WordPress.org is open source. So I'm sure all of you using WordPress.org because it's a free software you can download it. And uh, we have 2.6 million core updates along with plugins. So there's so many commits, so many people commits the codes. To, make, to improve the software. It's not only WordPress Foundation working on it. We have a Slack group. How many of you in the WordPress Slack group? None of you? All right, you can later please go to, just Google it, WordPress Slack. Slack is like the instant messaging, too, if you are interested in that. Uh, we have the WordPress Foundation is so called WordPress Slack. We have uh, people, like a contributor, we have uh, volunteers, on that. Or you can go to make.wordpress.org. Make.wordpress.org if you want to contribute your codes so uh, like things. So WordPress evolved from blog to the CMS and now it's an apps platform. WordPress became an apps platform. Uh, a lot of people will think WordPress is just a blogging platform, right? Anyone you ask, do you know, do you know about WordPress? Yeah, it's a blog tool, right? Uh, it's not just a blog tool. WordPress is an apps platform. You can build apps with WordPress. Uh, and support REST API, version 2. You do more with that. And uh, REST, uh, yeah, it's improved. Uh, and uh, it's evolving with different APIs. So later we have um, Fourier giving talk on um, React. Right? Uh, if you know about WordPress, uh, don't uh, com is uh, the dashboard is on react it's fully on react and javascript anyone logged in wordpress.com dashboard? Mm-hmm. this is the one it's not the wordpress dashboard if you want to go to wordpress.com dot- dashboard you have to go now and click on the wordpress dashboard most probably most of the developers have never seen this because you always downloaded wordpress and you're just looking at wordpress dashboard this is the wordpress.com a setting dashboard All Right? So. It's fully on React and Javascript, so we have a talk about React and Javascript. So, Matt Modern work advice to all of us is uh, the future platform will be API-driven interfaces and Javascript. So, it requests everyone to learn Javascript deeply. This was his, uh, State of Work 2015, which is uh, every uh, December in the year, they have a big conference in Philadelphia, US, uh, about the WordCamp. What can you ask? So this was his advice. Learn JavaScript deeply because now people building mobile apps JavaScript, building almost most of the application JavaScript compared to traditional interfaces. So that's it. My story about the WordPress for today. Any questions? No. All right. Thank you so much. For the meetup, so how many of you are beginners and you really want to know how to install WordPress, how to use WordPress as uh, so your website? Otherwise, we're just going to merge as one session. We will just continue with the next session.
5: Oh.
0: So shall we, we merge it or we should split to two sessions? Um, it's gonna be very way? technical, no, man? Merge. So you can hear all the sessions, but you can skip some of the basic sessions, maybe, such as beginner's guide, forward pass. Is that okay? Yeah. Hey guys, come on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay with it, but I know right. about the others. Great. So let's go ahead to the next session. So the next session will be. What's that?
2: So can all the speakers just stand up and. Speaker, can you just stand up? Okay. Alright. Great. Okay, okay you your testing, right? Me? Okay. Alright. The agenda is all messed up now. Okay, please.
6: how in the translation. So if you think you have uh, any anything to contribute to WordPress specifically, but you don't have any technical background, you can help out with the PM version, the Malay version of WordPress. Um, there's lots of details there, just visit WordPress, uh, translate.wordpress.org. Uh, I'm the validator for that, so whenever I see anyone validator translating against you can translate anything now, to WordPress, not just the core, also the plugins, all the themes that are hosted in ORG. So even even if it's created by someone else, you can still help out with the plugin translation and uh, uh theme translation. I did, I started doing the translation because I worked with the government sector at the time, and the back end needed to be translated as well into the So I was doing multi-site, Multi-language site, which is why I ended up doing the translation part of it as well. So uh, enough about me. What I'm here for? One of the things I do, I do a lot of things. You usually end up doing a lot of things when you're a freelancer. So um, I make it easy for people. I said I'm a web developer and a community builder. In back in in kotaginabalu saba. I organize a lot of things, mostly for Google development. So my focus is always on the developer technical side. So I bring over whatever Google has. And especially those things that are released very, very early on, once Google releases it, the ones, the first ones who will have access to it would be Google developer groups. We have one in KL. We have one in Penang in Georgetown. And we also have one So uh, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Google I.O.?
5: Mm.
6: Okay. So uh, they, they even sent us to Google I.O. So we go through all the latest technology that they use. One of it, which I'm very excited about, is um, uh, M, M, M stands for web pages, a mobile page. I'm a very web person. And the trend nowadays is if you are not into mobile development, you will lose ground. And no matter where you are in the web platform right now, if, even though you're very expert in web development, one of, wait for another five years and you will lose your opportunity. You will be forced to do mobile apps. So when you go into mobile apps, I'm, I don't have a technical background. stay away from Java, I stay away from even Ruby. The only thing I like about it, I, I, I like it, isn't UPH. So I understood the market problem. <laughs> accessible.
5: Those of us, when we first started playing with the web, the, the great thing was that you could you could surf. You could go to one site, read something, find a <laughs> link there,
1: click, you're off to another site. It was the single greatest driver of innovation that we've ever seen.
0: Thanks to
3: smartphones, everybody has internet in their pocket. But the mobile web is really at, at odds with what everybody does on the web, which is surf and browse, and that should all be fast and easy, and right now it just isn't. So this thing, which should be a source of utter
2: wonder, is a source of frustration. Waiting. Waiting. Not letting me scroll.
0: Now it's loaded. People bounce, so
1: if the the page doesn't load within a couple seconds, they move on to the next page.
3: That is the worst possible outcome for everyone involved.
2: So, Google together with dozens of other publishers and technology companies sat down to try to find a solution to
1: this? and our solution was the AMP project. AMP is a fantastic industry collaborative approach to make mobile web faster. You'll see the benefits of an AMP page when you first go to one. The first
2: thing is instant speed. The next click is only sort of like one little scroll away. More people
1: will see us, more people will see our ads, more people will be able to read our content.
3: We love the ability to style our own pages. It's a great opportunity for us to really look like our brand, feel like our brand.
5: With this sort of open philosophy that
2: uh, it's unfettered
5: and unrestricted and you can do pretty much anything you'd like with it.
2: Publishers can maintain control over their own destinies, control over their own products, (coughs) control over their own business models. And the best way to do that with an engineering project is to make it an open source project. We feel like it's really important that there's not a gatekeeper between a publisher and them reaching their audience. The success of the AMP Project is not going to be based on the leadership of one. <coughs> it's going to be based on the leadership of many. You have
1: a problem that is common to others, you work together to find a common solution. So it's like all of a sudden everybody jumping in and doing stuff and then something comes up
4: which is great. Something that we've needed to do for a very long time as an industry this is the spirit of the
3: web at its best. Just give it a try. Show up at the GitHub page. Read the documentation. See what it would mean for your pages. We shouldn't be fighting over what
4: a hyperlink is anymore. It's time to figure out uh, how to tell the best stories.
2: You know, those of us involved with the AMP project are involved in many because we love the web. <laughs> and we want the web to be as vibrant and healthy as all of us know it can be. We want it to be fast and furiously compelling. We want to make the web great again. It's really as simple as that. Can we make the web break? Okay,
6: these are some numbers. If you're not convinced how important speed is for uh, any apps or any websites, these are the numbers that uh, I noticed from and so 80% of on uh, using advertising for your revenue. and you inside the page. Oh well, yeah? Okay. It looks like it. have almost similar uh, server requests. It's just the display would be different to the of screen size and, and so on and so forth. However that I'll share with you the link as well. In If you follow the meetup page in the chat section, I'll paste the link to the slide as well. Okay? So, any questions? Okay,
3: I, 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 I purposely do this so that
6: you don't ask me questions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. I see if this app is uh, suitable for more for new sites or
6: They rely on you to have the possibility. Foster- script, you know PHP. You make a PHP page, and then the PHP will uh, will display. For example, uh, your, your name is helping Helmi. Okay. For example, you log in as Helmi, and you have Helmi dashboard personal no information display. And when I log in as Lorna, that's Lorna's information
5: displayed.
6: I, I only see mine concept. Субтитры
3: yes We can actually just consider the idea that React might actually work with WordPress. Well. So we want to go through this. But before that, I also wanted to ask two questions. I'm not going to ask the other questions. But the matter is that uh, we are going to really advance today because there is no other way to you know, talk about React and all the tooling systems. Working with WordPress, we are going advanced into JavaScript. So first of all, I want to know how many of you have any experience with coding. Okay, okay, very good, around I guess seventy percent. And about JavaScript, any experience? Okay, very good, fifty percent. So it's good because today we are going to talk about ES6, which is the new standard of JavaScript. There is also ES7, but we just talked about, ES6. ES6 is a modern version with modern standards. It's actually a syntax trigger over the old JavaScript. It's helping a lot, makes the code more clear. So we are going to... Separation of concern in the web application. There is creation the code inside of HTML code. There is limited space for styling. There are no development tools. There are some development tools, but there are very few, as that it's popular within WordPress developers that they are also uh, spending a lot of time working live on the website, which is not a good practice. There are a lot of time. Time, and there are no defined rules for developers. You cannot say someone is front-end developer in this WordPress where someone is back-end. We should work together. So most, most of the time, one developer, as well as ninja developers, they are just doing everything themselves. So, in a more <coughs> application stack, uh, there are so many different ideas so many different categorization if you want to go through it but if you want to just make it simple make it something that we can just focus on right now because we need to uh, cover it the is that first of all in a modern web application we need rest apis we might use other ways is an obvious one because we need, uh, if you, in case you don't know what is REST API, it's a couple of endpoints or URLs that we use to get the data from the server or change the data inside, uh, inside the server. And the uh, format of the communication or data that we receive from server is JSON, which is a key value attachment, something like an object in JavaScript. We have other principles. We have we we spend a lot of time on setting up setting up the development environments because we want to be as productive as possible. So we, we use a lot of tools only for the developer, not for the production. We use a lot of tools only for the developer. We use preprocessor, which is another uh, tool for or a style sheet. You probably are using some kind of preprocessor right now. It could be SAS, It could be less. There are new types of like for, for post CSS next CSS. there are different types but we use it because CSS is not reliable. it's hard to just edit CSS files if you have this problem of having a color in different area in your CSS and when you want to change that color you should find all the places that are using that color and just change it when in, CS- in SAS or for CSS, you can just use a variable, And then, with the preprocessor, you compile the SAS code into CSS, which is understandable for browsers. And in the end, we are not reinventing the wheel. Every time you can use a library for something, you should use a library. This problem is uh, so common between developers. Some, for example, four lines of code, Okay, these four lines of code, I can write it, it's easy. Why, why I should use the library? But if there is a library that can actually do the same four lines of code, you should use, use that. Why? Because right now you are writing four lines of code, that, that's cheap. There is no cost for you, there is no cost for the company. But you should maintain the same code for the next couple of years. That's expensive. Why well, you should actually maintain a code that you can outsource it to someone else, which is a developer of the library that maintains it for you for free. So we use a lot of libraries. It's a t- typical stack for JavaScript apps. There are a lot of other uh, tools here, but we just want to just shrink it as much as possible. So we. Just spend time uh, on the things that are important. The goal here is that, the goal here is not that you learn all of this in this 30 minutes, create a React app in the end. If you, if you are not familiar, if you are familiar, it's different. But if you are not familiar, don't worry about this. The goal here is that you just get familiar with these tools, what they are. So if you were interested in the end, to go and try it out for yourself or create a simple React app or anything, you just don't uh, waste your time knowing what these things are and how you should use it. Because these are really important and you can find it in like 70-80% of the apps. NPM, BabelJS Webpack, which is God is similar to Webpack, Webpack is uh, something is that replaced. For Gulp, which is our framework. So NPM. NPM <coughs> is a package management. It's a package manager. What it does? It's managing libraries. So if, for example, we want to include two libraries to our project, we don't go to the website, let's say bootstrap. We don't go to the website, download the bootstrap, put it inside the folder, and just carry it all the way with our project everywhere we go. Why? because it's not efficient. If the library uh, gets updated, gets new, upgraded, anything, you don't understand unless you go and check again. If the library has dependencies itself, the library is using other libraries, you have other problems. You should maintain all the other libraries. So we need a package manager for our applications. NPM, how NPM is doing it? It's very simple. You have a file called package.json. It's a JSON file. The format is JSON. We are talking about what is JSON. This is JSON. So, as you can see, we have name, we have uh, version, description. These are not important, they're just meta information. But when uh, you can see a value of dependencies, these are the libraries that are the main dependencies of your project. You define the name of the library, which is the registered name in npm website, and you define the version. That's it. So instead of having a folder, all of the libraries, you just have one text file. How to use this? First we, sh- we need to have npm installed in our machine. We can install it by installing one day. It's very simple, it can be set on every platform. After adding npm, you use command line. Go to the folder that you have the package JSON file, and just type npm install. It goes and downloads all the libraries, and all the dependencies of those libraries might be hundreds of libraries. Download them, install them, in a folder called node underscore modules. Now let's let say you are working on a project and you want to add a new uh, library or new package to your application. You just type npm install the package name. Double dash save. Double dash save just. not JavaScript developer, you might not know about all this, so it's not necessarily right now. Well, we didn't have any class in JavaScript. We had object oriented and techniques, but we didn't have any class. What we were doing, we were using a combination of function and A lot of files. We have a lot of modules, but uh, it doesn't make any sense if you put a script tag for all these modules in the end of our HTML, because, uh, as you know, the browser is sending the HTTP JavaScript to be in only one file. We want to be on, we want to have only one script there. Yeah. So the webpack is just getting all of the files that we have as JavaScript and just turn it into one bundle of one file and export it to us. All this happens back stage in our build process, in our development process. You don't use it, we just set it up and write our code in a more in a fancy way that for ES6 for importing and exporting. You can import, as you can see, I'm importing React from React, which is the, the second one is the name of the NPM package. I install NPM, install React, and now I'm importing it. I'm not actually referring to the node under, underscore module, which is the libraries inside that. NPM will know it importing, So uh, there is no chance that if the pass of the library changes your code will go, will go into a problem or anything. Nothing like that may happen. And the export is of the same. You can export your own functions, your own variables, anything inside your app. Now here we are. Uh, UI library created uh, by Facebook. So Facebook is actually supporting this library and it is very good because it is the syntax is declarative. So you define what you want and you let them react to the React do the work. You don't tell it uh, as all of the imperative style of programming which is for example jQuery, we say okay if a user clicks on this button, you go get the element of the ID of something and put this inside of that. You're telling it, you're just micromanaging for application, telling it everything how everything should be done. But in React, it's not like that. It's event-based and it's declarative. We say, okay, if user clicks on a button the value of our state changed to this. And somewhere else that we want that value, we say, this, this name of our state should be shown here. So every time anything changes, we don't point it out to the where the value should be or anything like that. It doesn't react with just no and just automatically update the UI. You're going to see all of this in examples. It's a simple, possible, Application with uh, React. We're going to just analyze how it works. First of all, here is nothing about React. It's a normal uh, JavaScript command which I'm using query selector, which is so much similar to the selector of jQuery. I'm selecting an ID called container. It's an HTML element. It could be a div. MCD, it doesn't matter. And I'm putting it inside the variable. Constraint. That's it. So I selected an element. Here I'm using I'm using React DOM, which is a game space coming the React library. I'm using the render function. I'm giving it two values. The second one, you know it already, is a wanted element. Components. Everything is React is a component. So now that we set up our application, we just create more components for everything that we want. We want a profile image for user, we create a component. We want a text field that they write something in it and just have some behavior, we write a component. So everything is component. That's why it is usability of State in a reactor. A state is similar to props, but it will automatically update every time, automatically update the UI every time it changes. Here, similar to the previous one in the constructor, I defined my initial state, which is a name with an empty string. here I'm using a function on unchanged, don't just uh, be so much focused on the syntax, is the event system on React, and here I'm using a function lexical, I'm sending the event here, and I'm just uh, sending it. But the important part is that here, I'm using the this set of state, which is a React function for declaring that the state is changed. So every time this state of one name is changing, the React automatically updates so I'm not saying that HTV. I'm not selecting HTV for any purpose. So it, you know, if it happens, you are selecting HTV, and someone makes it H4, your code is broken. But nothing like that happened in React. This is the question. Okay. Now, no. what about WordPress? <laughs> uh, for WordPress, I mean, there are so many approaches we can have to actually make it a WordPress ready. We can aim for full coverage, means that we start early, that's the same strategy, that they actually uh, created Facebook, they created uh, small components from different parts of the application, and then they, they just started to just update it, update the website, or we can <coughs> create a widget plugin. We create a plugin, a widget plugin, Inside your uh, WordPress website. And that widget, using the same principle that I described here, works as a, React app, as a React widget. You can do anything you want there, and it's very, very scalable. Maintainability is very good, and you, you, you actually separated your UI from your WordPress. App. Okay. For the full coverage, it is the same. Thing that I described, we keep our uh, React app, we keep our WordPress person, and we just gradually create new components like this. For example, it is your comments. After you create the React component for it, you just remove everything, and on, the only thing you have is an idea of comments. The React, we just <coughs> grasp right. these elements from HTML and update it to the comments that is in. Your website. Creating a, computing is just a plugin, and we are not going to describe it. There is a link to a boilerplate that someone already created. This is a boilerplate that you can actually use it uh, to create your own plugin. Just go and try to change the React code, and it is a plugin that you can use it in WordPress. In case of uh, creating a web application from scratch, there's also another practice in a GitHub repository that someone created a 2016 uh, famous demo React and just converted it into a whole React application with routing and everything, it's a full web application with no, uh, Mm. for example, if you click on a uh, link or anything, there is no, Request to the browser. It will load using uh, AJAX resources and API. It's very good practice. You can just learn a lot of things from it. And here we have that okay. And now we are working uh, with. Uh, we can work with uh, React. How to get the data? We have data inside our WordPress. How to get the data and show it with the API? Which we already talked about. The link to API is here. But here I just am using an example to show how easy it is. I'm importing WP from WordPress-Risk-API. Here I'm defining my endpoint, which is the address of my WordPress website, WP-JSON. You may need to install the plugin of uh, WordPress API for some reasons because it's not the same. Package and here it's JavaScript. We use WP posts. Then it's a promise. Doesn't matter the data in this callback. You have your the data of your uh, latest post. No need to use all those uh, PHP codes inside your HTML. We are getting it right in, inside for JavaScript. We can do anything we want to do. We can show it every, everywhere inside our React component. Problem, but there is also another problem. So I'm going to just say that there is a problem with SEO in web applications. You should just consider that, and there are solutions for those problems. One of them is server rendering. React is uh, universal. You can render it in client and you can render it in server. But you need to, uh, for the first part, you need to uh, run a nodej server alongside with WordPress. This is not that much great. There is a snapshot service called pre prerender.io which can go and get the snapshot of your application and <coughs> the different addresses and give you the HTML. So Google and any uh, search engines, when they are going to different addresses instead of getting a JavaScript response, they get the HTML response. The configuration of the server is really easy, works with most of the there is also a combination of WordPress TAM and the React, which is not well tested, you should try it out. Okay, there are also some reasons that why it is important, in terms experience in the rapid technology growth is really important. Growth are becoming real-time applications, concurrent uh, real-time data transfer is really important and uh, revenue for business, and current users also love it. Feel free to connect with me with Facebook, Twitter, uh, GitHub, and Google, which uh, are available there, and thank you very much. Okay, two questions. If anyone wants to ask questions. You know, Angular 2 is very good. The learning curve for Angular is much longer than React. You can learn React. I created my first React app in three days. But for Angular, it was like one month. So uh, <coughs> there are some matters. But the reason that we are talking about with WordPress is because the creators of WordPress decided to work with GX. So there are a lot of components All right, thank you. Thank you. This <año> is question question a question. Do you want to go in the area? Do you people use Angular or Angular? No, nowadays people don't really use the Angular Regular and React are both popular. Angular is not in the good state. Why? Because Google created it and, but never used it in any of its products. React is live on Facebook. It's live on Facebook. Instagram. That is the solid reason why the app works on scale, and it's WordPress as well. On WordPress.com, the dashboard is using it But Angular is also good. I'm not not saying Angular. Angular is very good. Hmm. Okay.
0: Thank you. All right. Thank you, (laughs) Mr. Okay. Windows.
4: On I um, I don't know how to I don't know how to uh, give a job title for myself, so I just call myself a WordPress evangelist. Um, I my company is uh, ClickWP, and basically what, I did, what ClickWP does is that we offer tech support to uh, my customers. And uh, because WordPress is open source software, this means that you know if there isn't somebody like Microsoft you can call. Out on the phone like hey my WordPress my website is not working what's up? So um my company tries to solve that problem for for customers. Um, before we go on, I want to know how many of you use WordPress.com? <coughs> WordPress.com I right? send Okay. If you're using WordPress.com then this my 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 talk does not apply to you. <laughs> Because WordPress.com is pretty fast. Uh, uh my session is going to be about uh, speeding up WordPress or self-hosted WordPress sites. It's hey, my bag.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh.
4: Okay. Cool. <laughs> um. So how many of you use? Uh, how many of you host WordPress on your team, by yourself? Do you have a hosting mm-hmm. account? Xabytes? No. IP server one. IP server one. Okay, good. It's our company. server free right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Does yeah, anything but the exabytes, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Today is their open day. So, so basically, Next my talk yeah. will be about um, data center uh, open data. optimizing WordPress on your own hosting account. Okay, so if, if your blog is on WordPress.com, it doesn't really apply to you, but there are a couple of things that you can also take away from the topic. I am um, <coughs> okay, not a very good speaker. So if I'm not clear, please stop and ask me questions. Uh, I'm very friendly as well. So you can just raise your hand. So if you Google how to speed up WordPress, you have hundreds, (laughs) hundreds of results, Okay, And I think that the problem with these is that they don't really explain uh, why or what is it that caused WordPress to be slow in the first place. They just give you a checklist. And then, like, you know, do these 15 steps, and then your WordPress will be fast. That's not the case at all. Because the thing is, WordPress performance Speed of your WordPress site and the WordPress performance. It will depend. Uh, it will you know, it's a difference from side to site. My site is going to be different from your site. It's going to be different from your site. It's going to be different from your site. So there's no one size fit all approach. Okay. So for you to really speed up your site, I think it's very really important to understand what is causing the site to be slow in the first place, right? So there are a lot of elements that. Uh, there are a lot of factors that affect your page load time, and uh, the load time is what is the term that, that measures your site speed, how fast it is. And you know, from this from this uh, diagram here, you can see that you know this categorized to mainly the front end side, and also the server side, which is the back end. Okay. So there are lots of elements on the front end that can cause the site to be slow, and also a lots of elements on the back end because the site will be slow. Now, unfortunately, uh, some of these are outside of our control. Like, for example, like if your computer is shit, you know, your site <laughs> is not going to be fast. <laughs> if your internet connection is, you know, it's also not going to be fast. So, so, But the good thing is there are a lot of uh, things that are within our control. So we're going to be talking about some of these things uh, that we can do to improve your site. So first, let's talk about what is a slow website. Um, uh, this article on Web Designer Info, uh, or Web Designer Info, I can't remember. But, but basically, you know, they reference uh, a Google webmaster video. And Google's recommendation for a fast website is that it loads in the blink of an eye, which means 0.5 seconds. They say the maximum for e-commerce sites should be two seconds. Okay, so uh, uh, while that is a very you know ideal goal, but I think for most of us here, it is uh, not very practical to have your website load in zero point five seconds. Is uh, so, if you want to do that, you just end up pulling out all your hair. So I think you know let's let's aim for something a bit more. Conservative. So let's say it is slow. If your website is uh more than three to four seconds, so even if your website is loading in about three and a half seconds, that's still pretty good. Okay, anything under three and a half seconds, that's, that's, that's great. So that's what we that's what we're aiming for. Next question. I want to ask, how many of you feel your website is slow?
0: Yeah, my project manager complains about it.
4: Okay, alright. <laughs> so, okay, so you know. When, when when we say that your website feels slow, you can you can you can test it by logging out WordPress, uh, and then you use private browsing on your browser. Private browsing also known as porn mode. So some of you know it. But anyway, so when you use private browsing, you are and you are logged out, You you don't have uh, all the extra scripts. You don't have the admin bar. You know, and you are overriding the cache. You are not using the. Uh, cache. So when you visit your website for the first time, uh, I mean when you visit your website for the first time after you activate <coughs> the private browsing, then you get an experience of like what it feels like for a normal you know, for a random user to visit your site. So then you can also um then then you may find that you know it's faster if you are uh, then compared to if you're logged into WordPress or maybe even slower. And then of course you can also test with your browser inspector. And some of that, uh, some of your some of browsers call it developer tools. So this is a website. I activated the browser ins- browser inspector. I'm on the network tab. And this tells me you know, that this site loaded in 7.87 seconds. Okay? So that's how the browser inspector works. That's one way for really you to test how fast your site is. Um, the next thing that you can do to test your website speed. Using a website uh, speed testing tool. So there are a yeah. couple that I use. I like GT Metrics, uh, Web Page Test, and Pingdom. Okay, out of out of all of these, I think Pingdom is the best option. But Pingdom has got some annoying things which I don't like. So um, I tend to use GT Metrics. GT Metrics is a good medium balance. And then like if you really want to get geeky, then you use Web Page Test. It's like all of the Stuff is there. And um, so the reason why you use a website speed test is because it's more consistent. Uh, It doesn't rely on your own internet connection. I mean, you know how Unify is. One day is good, one day is not good. So they have a better, more stable connection. Uh, And then you can also test from different locations. Uh, So, like for example, if you use Kingdom, you can test from uh, three, four locations in the US, one in uh, Europe, and one in Australia. So that gives you an idea of how your website experience is like for uh, audiences in these regions. Okay, Mm. and I just want to point out also that you know when you use different tools, you will get different results. So just use this as like a as a, a relative guide. It's not. If if uh, if your GT metric score is good, you know, check it on Pingdom and then you will see. Oh, okay, it's not so good. But basically, just use it as a guide to 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 improve your site for that okay. okay. as a relative back. So basically, you always want to try and improve the score that you get from your from the testing services. Any questions?
2: Yeah, why not PHP Insights?
4: PHP that one that one is a lot more um um. And I was think, trying to keep things a bit more uh, beginner for now. Oh, okay. okay. So now maybe you can you can tell me.
5: Okay.
4: okay. Okay. Some of you may also have heard of uh, Google Page Speed, right? And um, but I want to tell you that if you use Google Page Speed, don't stress out about Google Page Speed because Google Page Speed measures your they don't measure your website speed. They actually grade your website. They give you a grade. They look at your website. They look at they compare against a technical list here and then you say, okay, fast, fail, whatever. But it actually doesn't measure how fast your website loads. Okay, so if uh, if you are using Google PageSpeed, don't worry too much about the grade that you get. The more important thing is how many seconds, you know, that, that the site takes to load. So we're gonna start into the um, main section of the presentation. What is it that costs the slow websites? The most the most um, the biggest cause uh, really is because you know people have no idea what they're you doing. Know, they just install all sorts of plugins, they sign all sorts of agreements. First cause of uh, slow websites is the page weight or the size of the page. Okay? So basically, this means that if you have a large or heavy page weight, the browser has to download large items to display a page. So let's say for example you have a uh, website with a lot of images. All the images add to the page weight, to the page size. You see? and, and uh, even if you have a very fast connection, if you have to download a lot, it's still going to take slower than if you have to download just a little bit. OK, I'll switch to my browser. This is Bingdom. And um, this is a friend of mine. So, um, right.
0: So this is my. Oh, sorry.
4: Okay. As I was saying, uh, this is my friend's website, uh, uh, pureblatte.com, and this one, this site. So page weight is this figure here, page size. Okay, so, so basically what you do is you go to tools.pingdom.com, you go in here, you put in your URL, you want to test, you click start test, and then you will do a test and grade and, and your site like this. So this is the Pingdom results page. It gives you a summary here. It tells you here what you can improve, uh, and then more data. And then this is basically what happens as the browser is trying to so we'll we'll go slowly i'll try and explain this uh, slowly as we go along so the number one reason why a website is slow is because you have a high page uh, a big page size in this case it's only 1.6 it's not very big it's not very big but there are some other factors here that i will explain uh, later Fix a large page, page size. Page, the page size is contributed because there are a lot of images on your site and also stuff like a uh, CSS files, JavaScript files, and things like that. So what you want to do is to very easily just reduce the number of elements on the page. Instead of having so many images, you just you, you, you instead of showing ten posts on your home page, you show five. That cuts number of things on your page by half, And then, you know sometimes you have widgets. You know, in WordPress you have widgets. And sometimes there are websites. But the sidebar is longer than the main content, right? So cut all of that out as well. That reduces the number of widgets, uh number of images in your site, and uh, a lot of JavaScript and CSS and stuff like that as well. OK? So that's something very simple to do. Also, you want to optimize your images before you upload them to the server. Okay, a lot of people take a. Now they've got a nice DSLR camera. They go, they go to a restaurant, you know, take a picture of their food, one on Instagram, send one to Instagram, another one, take the picture from the DSLR, upload to the, to the, to the site. So that's an unoptimized image. All right, straight from your camera up to the website, that's not optimized at all. When you want to optimize, I'll, I'll, I'll cover optimizing in a bit more detail later. You also want to use images that are the right size. So if like, for example, on, on your website, the space that you have to display the image is only 600 pixels, don't put a 3,000 pixel photo in that space, OK? Uh, and again, I will show you. Uh, if you really need to have 10 posts on your homepage, page, maybe you need 20 or whatever, and you cannot help it, you must have so many. Then you know lazy load the images. Uh, there are, there are WordPress plugins go and look for lazy load on the WordPress plugins. Mm-hmm. And that one basically what it does, it will not load your images until you scroll. And then when the images come up, then they scroll into your browser, then only the images will appear. Okay? And then using your browser inspector or the web page testing tool, you can also check. Uh, Which themes or plugins are adding extra JavaScript and CSS files and things like that? Mm -hmm. So okay, here's an example. (coughs) Okay, so this girl has got a picture in the sidebar. Now, if you look here, this picture is only 352 pixels wide. This space that she has is 352 pixels wide, but the photo, you know, is straight from a camera or something. It's two two thousand two hundred eight pixels. So the photo is being squeezed down to, to show in this small space here. Okay? This large photo itself is like five megabytes. This, this one photo is making a whole web page slower than it needs to be. Okay? So basically you resize the picture first to 352 pixels wide, and then you use that picture. Or you know when you upload to WordPress, WordPress makes thumbnail size, medium size, and large size, right? So use the medium size at least, and, and, and that will uh, make your page rate smaller. Yep. Uh,
0: what is your recommendation for the images? One MB, two MB, or three like? uh,
4: well, the images should be as as good quality as they at maximum. Qu- um, there's no. Exact size, are, You know, but ideally, you know, if everything is about one hundred to two hundred kilobytes, that's that's the best. Okay. Uh, but sometimes there are some designs. Your your website has got a large image at the top of the page. So, if you have a large image and you and and it's only hundred kilobytes, there's not enough data in that image. It's gonna appear very blurry, very ugly. So obviously, you know, you 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 um you try to use you try to balance the need as well as the need for speed. So, so uh, <coughs> use the best image for that, for that situation. Okay? Uh, now, you can optimize images, and it's quite easy to optimize your images before you upload them. If you're on a Mac, you use ImageOptic. You go and download, it's a free free application. And on PC, it's easier. Okay? And these are programs on your, on your computer. Uh, you just drag the image into the program and then the program will analyze the image, and then it will create a new version of the image at a smaller size, with the same quality. Okay, so so um, it doesn't the, your image doesn't look bad, but it's immediately smaller size. Okay, there are other couple of guidelines when you want to use images on your website. Uh, if you are going to use a logo, use PNG or GIF. Don't use JPEG because JPEG you get it doesn't look nice. Uh, PNG or GIF give you smooth and sharp lines. Uh, JPEG you should use for photos only, okay. But JPEG or or let's say if you have a photo <coughs> that is a PNG size, it can be easily five times larger than, than the JPEG. Okay. On a Mac, you can uh, do a screenshot. How many of you use Macs and you know the screenshot, right? So you, uh, I have have uh, clients, they see a nice picture. Instead of downloading the picture to the to their uh, computer and then uploading to their website, they just do a screenshot of the picture, and then after that, they upload straight to their website. So that one uh, immediately increases the image size three, four, five times. Never ever use BMP. <laughs> so if, if, if you have a photo that's a BMP, try to convert it first. Otherwise, don't don't use the photo. Uh, because PNP format is, is very, very large. Uh, next thing you can do is you can use uh, uh, Image Optimization Service. And there are two that you can use. In fact, there are a lot, but uh, two examples are Imageify or WP Smush Pro. And basically what this does is that it takes the image from your WordPress media library, transfer to the service, compress the image, and then send back to WordPress. So you don't have to do the work <coughs> before you upload an image and you will do it after you upload, but uh, it costs money. Okay, So ImageOptim and CCM you know, is, is a free version, free that you can do. And, and uh, of course, it takes up a bit of your time before you upload the image, but you know, it's, it's free. The other thing you can do <coughs> is to use a CDN, or website accelerator. CDN stands for Content Delivery Network. So <coughs> there are a couple of CDN networks that you can uh, get or you can, you can buy. And basically, like the popular one is MaxCDN. And I think MaxCDN will actually um, optimize your pictures before they send it to your visitor. OK, there's also a free CDN that you can use with uh, Jetpack. Uh, how many of you know WordPress Jetpack plugin? Yeah. OK, in, in the WordPress Jetpack plugin, there is a module called Photon. And Photon is basically uh, image optimization and CDN service. So when you activate Photon, it will, will try to reduce the number of, it uh, will try to to optimize the images before it descends to the website visitor. Okay, so that was uh, page weight. That's one of the causes of a slow website. The other one is the number of requests. Page weight is where the browser has to download a lot of large items. The number of requests is basically the browser has to download many items before it can display the page. So just now I showed you uh, this pingdom result, and where's my mouse? Okay. So, so this is a waterfall chart, Alright, And this waterfall chart is basically telling um, telling us everything that the web browser has to download before it can da- display the page. Okay? So you can see here that. Um, the first thing it downloads is the HTML file. Then the next thing it downloads is the JavaScript file, and then a CSS file. CSS file, CSS file. You know, a lot of stuff that it needs to download before it can display the page. Uh, this website has got a total of 94 requests and um, So basically, you can see, you know, this. These are the number of requests for the site. Ninety four is actually not too many. Ninety four is actually a, perfect. okay. You know, I've seen websites with like hundreds of requests, and and uh, that really slow the website down. So in this case, this website is not doing too bad. And uh, okay, so how to fix? How to fix? Uh, too many requests. So thing is that you can deactivate unnecessary plugins. Alright, so I, I, I'll show you again switch to the browser. If you look at the waterfall chart here, you see that okay, this thing is trying to download this uh, flag slider, it's coming from WP content. WP content teams, so you know okay, this is part of the team, it's fine. Uh, okay, this one here is being loaded by a plugin. You can see WP then slash plugin something, right? This one also here being loaded by a plugin, by a plugin. This one by a plugin, by a plugin. So, you see, when you activate plugins, the plugins will add some files to your website. Okay. So like you can see here plugin 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 plugin, and all of these are adding to the number of requests on the site. Okay. So, when people tell you, oh, deactivate plugins and your site will be faster, this is one of the reasons. Why? Because the plugins are adding extra requests to the uh, to the site, and a lot of times, you know, back to Najib, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Right? they just install plugins and they don't know what the plugins are for, and you know, all of these plugins are just slowing down the site. Plugins, you know there are different criteria. The most <coughs> important criteria is that it achieve the goal that you want. Right? I mean there's no point you 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 uh, install a plugin that is very fast. It doesn't add any requests. But you know what you want it to do it doesn't do. <laughs> so I mean you know you have to choose your again just like the images, you have to choose uh based on that. Sam, you told me your presentation one hour, so now uh, it's uh, 45 minutes. 45 minutes, okay. Alright, so I think I have to speed up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you later, right? Um, okay, and then also, third-party services and third-party widgets. Some of you like to use, uh, some of you like to put Instagram widgets on your website, or Pinterest images, uh, on your <coughs> website. So, these are third-party services and widgets, and basically what this means is as the browser is reading, as the browser is reading um, what to download, you know, it then also has to, like, oh, you want a picture from Pinterest. Okay, Hang on. Let me go to Pinterest. I get a picture from Pinterest. Go to the next line. Oh, you want a Facebook page thing. OK, okay I got to go Facebook. Collect it. So that adds a lot of time to the, to the, uh, to the, download, the download speed, you see? So ideally, you, you also want to reduce all the third-party services and widgets. Ads is another one. How many of you have ads on your blog? Okay, not many good <laughs> because ads can really add a lot of page weight as well as a lot of requests to your website. Um, some ad networks they will send auto playing videos. Videos are very big, and uh, you know they will have multiple requests because they want to, to um, uh, track what you are doing, you know, on the website as you as they display the ads as well. Now uh, then, then of course the last step here is to get developer to optimize your team. And this part, you know, not many of not many of you may have uh, access to this, but basically you can have a develop- developer look at your team and say that okay, the team needs five JavaScript files and five CSS files. What we can do is we can take five and we can combine them into one. We can take the five and combine them into one. So out of ten requests, now it becomes two requests. So so you can get a developer to do that, but you know again like I said, that one is a bit. Uh, of course, yeah, of course it costs money. Okay, now the next uh, reason, or the next cause of a slow website is uh, underpowered or slow web server. Okay, so this means that the server is too little CPU or too little RAM. Or, you know, it's a slow network, whatever. Um, And, so when you go back to this diagram, this is the problem. Okay, so this is the problem, This are the when you have a slow server, you know the the server performance is slow, doesn't have enough CPU or RAM, or if it's on a slow network, the server <coughs> connected to the internet is slow. So let, let's say for example, uh, your website is hosted in the team's data center, yeah, put it. There. There. Okay. So you did very fast. Because you know it's an internal network. But then if overseas trying to it can be a bit slower because the connection to the internet not be as good so in this case how can we fix a slow server really not much to do you can fix a slow server because you don't own the server now unless if you really want to have everything super speedy you've got to control the server as well and you have to be able to, to, to modify and most of us really don't have that, so our real options here is really just to switch to better hosting, you know. And uh, better hosting means hosting with more CPU, more RAM, and uh, hosting also with built-in caching, okay. And caching, caching is a process of uh, uh, storing information in advance so that your website is faster. I will explain a bit more in detail. Another option you can have is to reduce your number of sites per hosting account. So the nice thing about IP server one, server free, or whatever, you have C panel, right? And then number of add-on sites that you can add is like 50 or 100. So some of us, you know, we we use that to the max. One hosting account, we have like 50 websites on a hosting account. That 50 websites are all sharing the CPU and RAM. So um, if you have if you have less sites, is less to share, and therefore you know you have more ram and cpu for each site and then the final thing you can do is activate a caching plugin let's not I mentioned uh, W3 total cache and that, that is a pretty really good uh, caching plugin the problem with caching plugins is that this is on the wordpress level okay so this means that the, the web server still has to activate wordpress load wordpress and then WordPress has to decide, okay, is this cache Is this cached? Then, then fine. But if you have hosting with built-in caching, uh, this cache is on the server level. The, re- the request doesn't even re- reach WordPress, and the, the, the user already gets a response. So what this means is, let's say this is uh, a visitor. This is your website. Uh, WordPress is here. And there's a WordPress database with your posts and your data and stuff like that. So in the standard process, no no caching. What happens is that the visitor makes the request to the server. The server has to go and talk to the database. Do I have ski boots? Search the database. Okay. Send back to the server. Then server talk to WordPress. Make this raw data look good means that you know uh, the WordPress template and everything. And then finally, it sends back to the so WordPress, this is actually what happens in WordPress every time you visit the WordPress site with no caching. Okay, So this process is a very expensive process because the server has to talk to the database every time. And whenever the server is talking to the database, is using CPU, uh, it's using RAM. OK, so let's say. You use web hosting with a cache. All right? And one of the cache is called uh, Varnish. There are many different types of cache. WP Engine has uh, a cache. A lot of others just use Varnish. And basically, Varnish is another machine, another server, that sits in front of the main web server. So when the visitor sends a request, it goes to Varnish first. And so let's say the visitor asking for ski boots again. Has this already been requested? If it's yes, straight away goes to the visitor <laughs> There is no need to go to the server, ask the database, blah 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 blah, and, and stuff like this. Okay? So this process is much faster. It just goes to varnish and back. Okay? So um, more and more web hosting companies, when they are when they have when they offer WordPress hosting, uh, a lot of times, yeah, double the price, triple the price, and that's because you are paying for paying for this thing. There is a cache between the visitor and the web server, so this optimizes and speeds up uh, the server a lot. Mm. Any questions about the cache? Okay. Uh, the next, the next cause for uh, slow websites is uh, demanding. And this is even if your server is you know got enough RAM or CPU, it's just asking it to do too much. Okay, so uh, let's say you have an F one car. F one car is fast. So imagine your server is an F one car. It's really fast. It's the fastest car ever, right? But if you add a lot of, you know, if the F one car has to pull
3: a heavy load
4: then it's not fast anymore, it becomes very slow. And it cannot go fast even though the, the, the car, the engine itself is, is very fast. So in that, in that kind of case, your web server is like that as well. So even if your web server that is fast, if you're telling it, OK, install this plugin, do this thing, everything, there's just not enough resources on the server for, for that. Uh, uh, examples of plugins that take up a lot of resources are WooCommerce. Okay so any of you run an online store with WooCommerce?
5: Yeah.
4: Okay, yep. So so WooCommerce is one plugin that takes up a lot of uh, uh, resources. And you can check your you can check to see how much resources the site is using using a Query Monitor plugin. Plugin called Query Monitor. You add this details to the top of your page here. Let's say if it's a brand new website. The top one is a brand new website and it has um uh, uh, no plugins. So it's just WordPress out of the box with uh, 2016. Out of the box with 2016, WordPress only takes zero point two seven the server only takes 0.27 seconds to generate the page because it's only talking to the database 41 times. Let's say an e commerce site, okay? you see the time it takes to generate the page here has now increased like uh, 10 times. <coughs> Okay? And the memory is using is also a lot higher, and it's also talking to the database a lot more. Okay, On the blog, this blog got like 10, 20 posts on the homepage. There's 110 database queries. Uh, and um, It's not as heavy, as, it's not as slow as the e-commerce site, but you can see how uh, plugins and themes that, that, that require a lot of resources uh, can affect the page time. So how do you fix it? With stuff like this, you have to. I mean, you don't have much choice. You have to upgrade your hosting. Uh, after a certain level, then you probably need to go cloud hosting. So you can talk to the Microsoft guys or Azure Cloud or whatever. And uh, the hosting that you use, Nginx is a, is also a web server, and Nginx is more efficient than Apache. So if you if you want a website that is a uh, if you want your WordPress to be really fast. Mm-hmm. Ask the, web, ask the web hosting company, is it Apache server or is it Nginx server? And uh, if it's Apache, then you know it's going to be slightly slower. Uh, and then you have to just use essential plugins only. If you don't need this plugin, you know, don't use it. Um, Another thing you can do is to split into separate sites. So let's say, for example, your website has got a blog, your company website, and also e-commerce. If you put everything on the same server, this server is going to be very, you know, uh, has to do too much. So maybe what you can do is you split the e-commerce into a different site. So just the, the main website is just the main website and a blog, and the e-commerce is on a different server. So at least the one, you, you can make things a bit faster then. And then again, this one, too, you have to get a developer to optimize. OK? So go
0: ahead, go ahead, go ahead.
4: The rest of the speakers will have no time. <laughs> And then okay. <laughs> okay. And then, um, and then the other thing is um, the final thing on my list is really an unoptimized server. So how many of you have, how many of you have a uh, a standard shared hosting and you don't use any caching plugins? If if that's the case, then basically is unoptimized, uh, completely unoptimized. Mm. It's like, you know, who needs? Who needs, uh, who needs any of protection or optimization? And if you have an unoptimized server, you know two things you can do: just activate Gzip compression, and basically what this is, it compresses the data before it sends it to the to the visitor. So this way, you know, it's transmitting less data than if uh, the, the data is uncompressed. Okay, this is something that you can do from the C panel, or you just activate. Uh, Plugin, it will also be able to do that for you. Okay? So, yes. So, the, the, uh, you said activated GZIP operation, so it will after protection? Uh, well, okay, it's not exact. I mean, when I say protection, it's, it's, it's just like an uh, analogy. It's like, I don't care. You know, like, I, I don't activate GZIP or whatever so it's like, I don't care. But if you care, then yes, you definitely should activate GZIP. When you activate Gzip, the page size still stays the same. So if your website is before, uh, before activating is 2 megabytes, you activate it, it's still 2 megabytes. It's just that the way that the data is transferred is compressed. So basically the server compress the data, sent to you, the browser and it again. So the data being sent is still 2, two, two, um, two megabytes, it's just that it's being transferred more efficiently. Okay? Okay. Server location can affect how the uh, site speed as well. So, so, this is something that you should consider. If your audience mainly in, in Malaysia, then you know is uh, much better for you to go with a local web host or a web host that has a data center in Singapore. If your data center is in London, for example, you know that is further geographically, then the signal has to travel. So server location actually uh, can can play a big part as well. So, how many of you use a team from Team Forest?
5: Mm-hmm.
4: How many of you like those teams with, you know, one hundred features, free Revolution Slider, free Visual Composer?
0: Not me, but my designers.
4: <laughs> okay. Now, the problem of these, right, all in one, is that you know there's a lot of stuff that is being loaded that you don't use, but it's still being loaded, adding to the request uh, number of file requests and uh, slowing down your site. So you know, always try and use as minimal as possible. Um, and then, if you use page speed, you know, just learn up about the recommendations. It can it can help to speed it up. Okay. And then finally, I just want to do a quick and easy recipe for speedy website. And the number one thing that you can do to improve the speed of your site is to invest in quality hosting. This one now, I know. This is um, this is actually quite a big pill to swallow, because right now our ringgit is shit, you know. And if you sign up for the cheapest plan at SiteGround, ten ringgit, a, ten dollars a month. That's forty ringgit a month. Forty times twelve is like four hundred plus ringgit a year, you know. So so it, it is quite expensive. Uh, the thing about SiteGround is that SiteGround has got built-in uh, server-level cache. It has got a uh, 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 static cache, a dynamic cache, and mem cache for the database as well so you know for for ten dollars a month it's actually very worth it if you have a bit more money to spend then i suggest flywheel flywheel is host um, uh managed wordpress hosting uh fully nginx um, uh, data centers all over the world you can put one in singapore so um, if it's a business website and you want it to be fast i think flywheel is quite good because it starts from 15 dollars a month compared to the. And then, if you know you have a lot of money, and uh, you but you have no but but you don't want to hire a sysadmin, or you don't want to manage the cloud hosting yourself, you can go with some guys like Kickstarter, They start at one hundred dollars. Okay. The next the next thing is to use a lightweight team. Okay. So uh, all the team forest teams, you know, they seem great. They sound they sound great because they give you so many features and everything only is 59 dollars right you free free visual composer free revolution slider but you know these they are always very heavy things in fact you go and download you download the, the, the zip file from theme forest It's also easily like 10 plus megabytes you know but a lightweight theme is going to be faster every time so places that you can find lightweight themes are, are from automatic you go to the wordpress wordpress theme repository you look for themes by automatic uh, for premium teams I like Studio Press. Studio Press is a, a, a framework. So it shows you Okay, so and then and then um Studio Press Studio Press teams are pretty lightweight. And then Okay, so uh, we talked about page weight. How, how how many things are on the page that is a uh, uh, slowing? Adding to your page size and slowing down the
5: download.
4: Okay, so rule of thumb just came for one and a half megabytes or lower. Okay, so I think if you have a, a site, you can have a site with. Mindful of what what plugins you install on that. and the final recommendation I have in the recipe is to use a website accelerator. So, website accelerator is a um, there are a couple. My favorite is Cloudflare. How many of you have heard of Cloudflare? Okay. Yeah. So what Cloudflare does is that it sits between your website and the internet, and then um, it will it will it will help to cache. Your your content and, and it you can also uh, uh, act as a CDN so that you know and it's free Cloudflare is free and if you if you don't use Cloudflare you know another free option is uh, Jetpack so that's basically the the the, the recipe for an uh, <coughs> easy uh, quick websites invest in quality hosting use a lightweight team, uh, number three is to watch your page wait. And then number four is to use a accelerator. Mm. They're all
2: at the open day today. day right, okay.
4: <laughs> Well, I mean, okay, so there are good web hosts and there are bad web hosts, right? Exabytes, like depends how you want to categorize them The bad web hosts, basically they will take a server and to make money they will put as many hosting accounts as they can on the server Hard drive space is cheap, you know, but the server, the CPU, and then managing and updating and securing the server, that, that costs money So basically what you do is, they take a server, they put a big hard drive inside, the hard drive is enough to host 100, 1,000 sites on one server. And um, so web hosts that do that, you know, they they can give you a lot of hard drive space, but the CPU
0: and the RAM has to be shared among all of those sites, right? And you know how many people they host in a server? Before this, they have on their website. just 300 people, 300 clients per server. So you can imagine if someone just misusing the resources, like just uploading, downloading, maybe all other sites will be affected.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, and, and they don't have any of the caching, server-side so caching like that. Okay. OK. So I will think we,
0: <laughs> other <laughs> questions? Mm-hmm. There? All right, thank you so much for this. Okay, uh, that's a really fantastic presentation. Thanks again, David. Um, As you know, Google ranking. In order to get a better ranking, your website has to be steeped, right? So I hope that's really useful. So next, we're going straight to two sessions because we don't want to cut off the uh, times, presenter times, right? Because they're already prepared for you. So the first session will be the other side. You can just get get off here and enter the other door. It's for uh, WordPress with e-commerce, how to install WooCommerce, how to set up your shop. Okay. It's by using Fauzi. And over here, we have advanced session by Kuria. It's about React in WordPress. Okay, so while the talk is out, uh, those who want to attend WooCommerce, you can go out now and go to the next room. All right. those who want to attend to session, you can see <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> 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 Oh. Yeah. I prefer react. But. That was a piece of the Salasin.10 podcast area. It is hoped that you have enjoyed it. If you have any issues, please feel free to leave a comment through any of the
2: channels. That was a piece of the Salasin.10
0: Podcast area. It is hoped that you have enjoyed it. If you have any issues, please feel
3: free to leave a comment through any of the channels.